Hey guys, welcome to the first ever episode of the YA Project, where we interview all of your favorite authors and really dive into what exactly went into their books. I'm joined today with a very special guest, Kaylin Barron, author of Cinderella is Dead, This Poison Heart, and um, the upcoming sequel, This Wicked Fate. So first of all, Kaylin, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, thank you so much for being here. So before we actually jump into it, tell me a little bit about yourself, Cinderella's Dead, This Poison Heart, um, for anyone who may not be familiar with the work. Yeah, so um, so I am a full-time writer. I write YA and middle grade. Um, I also do, I'm working on a picture book. Um, but I, um, I wrote Cinderella is Dead, and that came out in 2020. Um, and This Poisoned Heart came out this past summer. Um, Cinderella is Dead is a YA fantasy, um, and it's set in the kingdom of Mersai, uh, which is the place where Cinderella lived and died about 200 years before. Um, and now Cinderella's story is kind of the backbone of this society, um, where young women are expected to model their lives after the fabled princess. Um, my main character, Sophia, is in love with her best friend, Erin, uh, who happens to be another girl and doesn't want anything to do with finding a husband or being chosen at the annual ball, which is now a mandatory event. And it's a three strikes and you're out type of thing. Um, so she goes up to the ball and she makes some decis decisions there that kind of put her on a collision course with Mersai's um, tyrannical ruler. And we learn some secrets about Cinderella and um, the fairy godmother and Prince Charming and all of that. Um, this Poison Heart, uh, which came out this past summer, is also uh, a fantasy, but it is a contemporary fantasy. Um, and it centers uh, a young woman named Briseis, uh, and she uh, is a 16-year-old girl living in Brooklyn with her two moms. Um, they own a small plant shop, and Brie was born with a very unique gift. She can manipulate and control plants think Poison Ivy, if Poison Ivy was a Black girl from Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> and uh, my main character, um, uh, Aaron, uh, blah, 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 blah. I have 20 main characters. Um, my main character, Berseus, um, is a queer Black girl. And um, she and her family are struggling um, as gentrification kind of uh, destroys their community. And in the middle of all of this, um, Brie learns that she is the sole um, the only surviving heir to an estate left to her by her recently deceased aunt. And um, she and her moms go up to upstate New York for the summer to check it out. And there's a creepy mansion and secret rooms and a walled garden filled with the deadliest plants on the planet. And she discovers her family's unique lineage um, that stretches back generations. And um, she also learns that there are nefarious people who are willing to kill to get their hands on what she possesses. So um those that is it in a nutshell yeah um amazing so um one of the things that I really love about books is that really the most simplest ideas can turn into something amazing so how did the first um single idea of a Cinderella retelling and a girl who can control plants turn into these amazing novels yeah you know it's it's funny because it, it's really kind of, it, it all, my novels usually start with a question for me. And uh, for Cinderella, I was, you know, growing up and um, seeing the kinds of, of books that I saw, you know, I'm 38. Um, and when I was coming up, 
um, you know, the books that I had access to didn't really feature black girls at all. And they definitely didn't feature queer black girls. And so there was a question always in the back of my mind about where I belonged and where I could fit in and were these stories really for me? Um, and then there was also this other question um, at the time, I wrote Cinderella's Dead in 2016. And at the time I was watching a lot of Once Upon a Time, that show that kind of like, you know, there's all these characters that we think we know, but they have all these really interesting connections and backstories. Um, and so those, those kinds of ideas were in my head when I decided to sit down and write a YA fantasy. Um, and with this Poison Heart, it was the same kind of thing. I had this lifelong love of musical theater, especially Little Shop of Horrors, which features, you know, a sentient plant. Um, I loved The Secret Garden as a kid. Um, and so all of these things were kind of in my head. And, um, you know, I, I just, I always want to write stories that center us. And so kind of, you know, having those ideas in my head and then wanting to write stories that are more inclusive um, and have better representation, they just kind of seem to go together. And so the, that's usually how things start for me. Mm -hmm. So is that why you decided to write these books for more representation? Yeah, I just, I really wanted um, my readers to have more opportunities to see themselves in a different, in a different light. Yeah, I think one of the things that many people can relate to when it comes to Cinderella's Dead in this Poison Heart is that even though it is fantasy, it talks about real issues that really happen to a lot of people. So exactly how did being a Black queer author affect the overall experience as well as the early days of your writing career? Yeah, you know, um, gosh, so when I first wrote Cinderella is Dead, um, and I didn't have an agent and I didn't, I, I knew I wanted to get it published, but I wasn't really sure what, you know, to do. I was, I was in these uh, writing workshops with other creative people and they were telling me to my face that nobody was going to want to read this. This is a story that features a queer black girl. And that's just not what YA is about or what people want to see. So I was I, I went through a period where I was really discouraged by, by that feedback, but, um, you know, I learned uh, the hard way that there's feedback that you can take and there's some that you need to completely discard. And, um, and that's what I did. And I started to, I went uh, to query to find an agent with Cinderella is dead. And I found my agent who was also queer, which helps. Um, and we decided together um, you know, this was a story worth telling and it was worth trying to get it traditionally published. And so, um, so there were some setbacks initially, just um, keeping that motivation going because it did feel like people just didn't want to see this kind of story. But um, thankfully, I, um, I got a bite from Bloomsbury who said, no, we, we want this story and we think everybody else will want this story too. And so, you know, that the rest is history and it, it worked out, but I think it goes to show that um, there really is an effort to keep uh, queer black representation out of traditional publishing. Um, and um, I, I think that it's something that we're continually fighting against. Yeah. So um, by what you're saying, it seems like the process wasn't easy. Um, so exactly what advice would you give to other authors like yourself who are also black and queer when they're writing their first novel? Yeah, um, you know, you're, you're going to get pushback, but I think the biggest thing to remember is that your story, there, there's room for your story. Um, if 
if, um, you know, you write the story that you want to tell, be as unapologetic as possible. Oh, I lost you for a sec. Oh no. Kaylin, are you there? Oh no. Ooh. Oh, okay. I lost you for a second there. Glad to have you back. Great. Okay, so um, we left off um, with the question, what advice would you give to Black queer authors who are starting their first book? Yeah, so I, um, I would say write the story that you want to tell and try to be as unapologetic as possible. Um, don't water down your story to make it more palatable for anybody else. Um, you are going to get pushed back because that's just the nature of publishing, but um, I, I think that with, with my work, it's something that I have to, um, it, it's, it's the thing that I kind of leave behind. It's the thing that I want to be proud of. And so I have to tell the story that I want to tell. I don't think that I could um, enjoy what I do or be as proud as I am of my work if I was writing it to, to please someone else. It really has to be the story that you want to tell. So just be as unapologetic as possible and understand that there is room for your story. Yeah. So um, it definitely seems like there has to be a lot of personal value within it. So what would you consider to be the most enjoyable part of writing? Um, you know, I think I, I love having this little idea that kind of takes root in my mind. Um, with Cinderella is Dead and This Poison Heart, there were little seeds that I had kind of in my head for so long. Um, and over time they kind of grew and that's part of the process for me is those early kind of ideas, thinking about the story, turning it over in my head. Um, that feels almost magical to me. When, when I kind of realize that that's happening with an idea that I have, I get really excited. So um, that is the best part for me, that early stage of kind of imagining what's possible and realizing that I do have a story there. Um, but I also think that the other kind of equally enjoyable part is the interactions that I get to have um, with my readers. Um, it means so much to me to be able to tell stories and have them resonate with people in a way where, you know, they want to talk about it and they want to, you know, tear it apart and kind of, you know, really get into to, um, to, to the weeds about things that I'm talking about in my stories. And I love that. That's, that's equally enjoyable for me. Mm -hmm. So not necessarily about the publishing process, but what about the writing part itself was hard for you? Um, you know, I think 
finding a balance between my writing and like all the other things that I have to do just as a human being is the hardest part for me. I'm, you know, on top of being a full-time writer, I'm a mom and I'm, you know, I have a partner and I have um, all these other kind of responsibilities. And so, um, you know, I think finding a balance, that work-life balance uh, is tough, um, especially with the pandemic and we've been inside my kids were, you know, doing virtual school for over a year and trying to find time to write was really difficult. Um, and so I, the balance has been uh, the most difficult part of the writing process for me. Mm-hmm. So with all of these challenges, whether it was the pandemic or just always staying at home, how were you able to persevere through these things and how could you advise other people to do the same? Yeah, I, you know, you have to take time for yourself. Um, take time to do the things that you really love to do. Um, I love, you know, to read for fun. I love the musical theater. I love going to the movies. I love scary movies. I try to partake in all those. All right, I I got a tornado warning. (laughs) I know. I try to really partake in those kinds of things that, um, that are, fun for me just to have something else to kind of put my mind on for a while. So take care of yourself and, you know, um, you know, find time to do the things that you really like to do. Mm -hmm. So um, it definitely seems like all of the perseverance definitely comes from the fun that you actually have with writing, but there also comes, um, it also comes with a lot of fear. So what main fears did you have as a young author and how does it compare to what scares you with the writing process now or, or does nothing scare you? Yeah, no, I definitely have fears. I um, I was and am still um, afraid that when people see my work, um, that sometimes they might expect it to be all things to all people. Um, there's no one Black experience. There's no one queer experience. We're not a monolith. Um, and sometimes the pressure to be all things um, is really kind of crushing. Um, So I still have that fear. And um, when I wrote this Poison Heart, my biggest concern was that, you know, I'm writing this story that wasn't about um, queer Black pain. Um, It's a story that centers queer Black families, but they are, you know, solving a mystery and finding secret rooms and fighting for family and friendship and, you know, against this Gothic inspired backdrop. I was really just concerned that people wouldn't want to see that from me, Um, you know, but I I want so badly for people to allow us the opportunity to tell other kinds of stories about us and be as enthusiastic about our joy as they are about seeing us kind of struggle through adversity. Mm -hmm. So um, with writing, you're kind of basically like the god of your own world. You have to create your own entire universe. You have to create your own characters. You have to create your own specific lifestyle. So, um, how would, um, so sorry, um, tell us a little bit more about how it can't, how research comes into this and exactly what goes into researching um, these worlds and these universes so you can implement them into your own. Yeah, I, I tend to draw a lot from the real world, um, even in my kind of fantasy um, stories. Um, Cinderella's Dead is obviously, you know, a fantasy. It's set in a, in a, in a, uh, a fairy tale kind of world, but um, a lot of the the misogyny and the kind of homophobia, those things are drawn from real life. And so I, I take a lot of, of 
of my cues from what's going on in the real world. Um, and, you know, I think that for this poison heart, I did a lot of research because I just didn't know a whole lot about plants. I did not have a green thumb. I had the opposite of a green thumb. Um, and so I, I had to do a lot of research there. But when it comes to the kind of world that my characters inhabit, I really do draw a lot from just real life experiences. And, and um, I have found a, a kind of fun challenge with writing contemporary versus writing Cinderella's Dead, which is more kind of historical because contemporary, there's so many references that you can add in to make it kind of more relevant. But you know, will that date the story five years from now, 10 years from now, you know, will people still be on TikTok 10 years from now? I don't know. So, um, you know, so it, it's fun to kind of those challenge when those challenges come up, it's fun to kind of work through them and find out what works um, for me. But the, the uh, research part of it, um, I think most of it comes from a real world kind of uh, viewpoint. Mm -hmm. So which characters could you relate to the most in both of your books? Oh, um, in Cinderella's Dead, um, I think Amina uh, is my favorite kind of most relatable character. She is a morally kind of gray character. She's, um, you know, she's not a perfect person, but I think that she is trying in her own way to kind of do the best that she can. I can definitely relate to that. Um, and in This Poison Heart, it's it's gotta be mom and Mo. Mom and Mo are my absolute favorite characters. Um, I actually put a lot of my own kind of personality and likes and dislikes into the character of mom. Um, and so um, so mom and Mo are my, my absolute favorites um, so far in almost anything that I've written. Mm -hmm. So which characters in both books were your favorite? Or was it still mom and Mo? Yeah, it's mom and Mo, but I mean, Sophia is, I have a soft spot for Sophia because she's my first main character and just, you know, I just, I really just adore her as a character. I also love Constance. Constance for me, um, and I think that's the, the character that people talk to me the most about is Constance. And so I love her too. But yeah, mom and Mo, I love them so much. Mm -hmm. So um, even though, you know, the world and the characters are fake, you have to write in a way that makes it seem as though they're real and they're actually living people who have real experiences. So what advice would you give to authors in order to create very realistic and re relatable characters? Yeah, I, you know, I think that, um, I think that in order to make your characters kind of dynamic and interesting, you really have to get to know them. Uh, for me, it takes a full first draft, a very rough kind of first draft to get a real understanding of who my characters are. And then in subsequent uh, revisions, um, I get to flesh them out more. But it's really important for me to nail down my characters kind of motivations, their fears, their hopes, like what do they like? What do they dislike? What annoys them? Um, how do they react under pressure? Like those things are really important for me to kind of to know. Um, and I think that if you know that about your character, it's, it's easier to make them um, seem more, you know, um, relatable or or just more 3D. Um, you know, they're they're definitely um, there. There's I don't want them to be flattened in any way. So I think getting to know them and know the ins and outs of their characters is, is the best way to kind of get that across to the reader. Mm hmm.
So if someone, you know, sat down and they said, okay, I made the decision. I want to write a book. I just don't really know where to start. So exactly what advice would you give to them in order to find inspiration or come up with that single idea that can turn into something big? You know, my, my brain is always in kind of a inspiration seeking mode. Um, I saw an article about a poison garden somewhere in England um, that sparked the story that would become this poison heart. Um, and that paired with, you know, things that I already had in my head, my love of musical theater, so Little Shop of Horrors, my love of children's literature with the secret garden. Um, all of those kind of were there. Um, and again, with Cinderella's Dead, there was that idea of once upon a time and um, these characters that we think we know everything about, but we really don't. Um, those little ideas really sparked something for me. So I would say, you know, keep your, keep your mind open to being, you, you know, inspiration can strike at any time write it down. If you think even anything is, is, you know, if you're starting to question something, like I was watching uh, Once Upon a Time and I was like, what is, you know, what part of the story did I miss? Was there a clue about that somewhere? Who were these characters before they arrived on the scene? Like those were the questions that I was asking. And I, so I find that those questions kind of lead to bigger ideas. So um, yeah, just pay attention to what things kind of spark questions for you because that usually leads to something interesting. Yeah, definitely, great advice. So um, to sort of wrap up the interview, you recently posted on Twitter and Instagram about something that was huge and practically had me on my feet and screaming at the top of my lungs. Um, but Cinderella is Dead has recently been optioned for film. I know that you can't say a lot about it, of course, but just tell us a little bit about how you first found out and exactly what emotions were going through your head. And if you really thought that that first single idea of a Cinderella retelling would take you this far. Yeah, no, it, so yeah, it's been optioned and I'm very excited. Um, but I honestly, I wasn't even thinking that far ahead when I wrote it. I was like, let me just write this book and see where it goes and see if I can do this. Um, but then my agent uh, got a hold of me um, after Cinderella's Dead came out and was like, we're getting interest in, you know, uh, film, TV adaptations. And I was like, wait, what? Um, you know, it it came as a, as a surprise to me, um, but I'm, I'm, thrilled like I can't even describe how happy I am that this story is going to make its way to the screen and um it, it's in the hands of people that I know will do it justice so that's even better for me that makes it even more exciting and I hope I really hope I can share more about that soon because I'm so excited and um I think once people find out who it's with and how it's going to happen that they will lose their minds. So I'm very excited about that. The lesson there is don't block your blessings, right? Like shoot for the moon because anything is possible. Amazing. Um, this has been a great interview. I am so happy that I was able to sit down and talk to you. It was honestly amazing. If you guys liked what anything Kaylin had, what Kaylin had to say today, you can buy one of her books, either Cinderella is Dead or This Poison Heart or even both, even better. So um, you guys can tune in on November 5th on Friday when we interview another one of your favorite authors. Um, but in the meantime, you can pre-order This Wicked Fate on Amazon when it's available. And I hope, Kaylin, you are doing great. And I wish you luck with the rest of your books. And I'm super excited to see what comes with this Cinderella is Dead film adaption. 
Yeah. Thank you so much. This was great. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Bye. Bye-bye.